The Collective Defined Contribution Scheme is one of the most polarising ideas in pensions. For some, it is a fair replacement for final salary schemes. For others, CDC represents a utopian vision fraught with unanswered questions. My name is Alex Janiel, and to debate the future of CDC, I'm joined by Kevin Westbroom, Senior Partner at Aon, and Will Aitken, Director at Deloitte. Pensions of Financial Inclusion Minister Guy Opperman told the Work and Pension Committee that the government is tempted by Royal Mail's CDC proposals. Kevin, we don't appear to be far from implementing the legislation required for CDC. Perhaps not too far. Certainly last week, Frank uh, was quite, uh, Frank Field was quite in favour of it. He seemed quite tempted by the idea that I could offer him a third bigger pension than if he went on an individual DC scheme. He seemed quite happy with that idea. Uh, and I think he will be pushing the minister, who, who went as far as to say they were tempted by it, as you said, but I think they mean that they will actually implement it as long as Royal Mail and the union continue to press and work together to implement it. I think what we did learn was that it'll be implemented in a different way to what we expected. We'd all expected that the Pensions Act 2015, Steve Webb's idea of introducing defined ambition, would be the way forward. Actually, it'll be a simplified approach using existing legislation for defined contribution schemes, the 2011 Act. So DA, defined ambition, is dead, but long live CDC. CDC will be coming through. Will, what are your thoughts on CDC? Well, I'm intrigued as to what might have changed in the in the recent past, because all three main political parties have looked at this in the fairly recent past and turned their back on it. Labour did it in about 2003, 2004, and the coalition parties did it in in the first part of this decade and concluded that there was there was not much to be had and what's what really has changed in that period of time is that quite a few db schemes have closed far more than were the case in 2003 2004 so i was wonder whether this is too little too late to actually have a, an impact on the pensions landscape in the uk I think that's a fair question, Will. At one level, the obvious thing that's changed is Royal Mail. So that's 140,000 people who would like a CDC plan. And I think there's a clue in there as to how the legislation might unfold. I think we'll see it unfolding progressively so that, firstly, the one employer who has put their hand up and said they want this, Royal Mail should be able to implement their plan. But as the minister said, they're not in the in the business of doing a one-company pensions legislation. They do see it as having potentially a wider remit, either for those DB schemes that are still open to existing members. Uh, I agree, they're which, an increasingly which, small number. Diminishingly few of those in, in existence. They are, but there's still quite a few... Uh, uh, thousands, hundreds of thousands of people there. I think if you look forward, though, I think one of the other areas where CDC has a role to play is in the decumulation or the spending phase of conventional DC. And, And the reality is that while we've got good default solutions that work well while people are paying into DC schemes, we haven't got a good default decumulation solution. And CDC might have a role to play there. It gives you an income gives you a higher income than an annuity. It lasts as long as your lifetime, so you don't run the risk of outliving your savings. And it does what a lot of people want, gives them a reasonably steady, fairly predictable income in return for their retirement savings without them having to make lots of complex decisions. Now, there's quite a lot to unpack there. But if we start with um, what people want, We've seen time and again in surveys that people are asked how they want to spend their retirement income. And in the years building up to retirement, they tell us they would like something that looks very much like what we d- would describe as an annuity. 
And then at the point they get to retirement, particularly in the US and Australia, they don't buy an annuity. Their mind has been changed. They want to ha have their uh, assets in their own hands. So what people say they want to do and then what they actually do turn out to be two completely different things. So, so the, the idea that you're going to get more than an annuity, is an annuity really the right comparison given that annuities are no longer the default option for people who retire? And are we really offering people something that they want or what we think they should want? Uh, uh, yeah, very fair points, Will. Um, is it, it, can I deliver better than an annuity? Yes, because I've got the flexibility to adjust the benefits. So I haven't got to live with the guarantee that's implicit in an annuity. And in investment terms, that can, gives me a lot of freedom. Can I stop you there? How are you going to vary the benefits? The benefits are varied primarily through targeting the indexation of the pension in payment. And you can adjust that indexation up or down or even suspend it depending on the emerging finances of the scheme. So, so does the initial pension assume indexation? It would typically be based on an indexed annuity. Uh, and this is, for me, one of the central issues, is that when you look at what sort of annuities people buy, we know that people are far less likely to buy annuities today than they were five years ago. But even when they could buy it, when the, the annuity was the default, only a small percentage of people opted to buy indexed annuities. Now, we live in a period of time with very low inflation, so people's view of the value of an indexed pension is diminished. But when people were given the choice, they didn't choose to buy indexed pensions. So are we, again, are we offering solutions to people that we think they should want or that they really want? Yeah, fair question. Um, why do you think people went for the flat annuities, uh, level annuities, rather than index? I'm pretty sure it's because it had a bigger number attached to it when they looked at what they could get for I'm, their pension. I'm, I'm sure you're right. If you buy an index annuity today, it's probably half what the level annuity would be. Yeah. So if and, we can, and if that we would can... have been, it wouldn't be quite as stark as that in the past, but it would have been reasonably stark. But that's partly because people underestimate the effect of indexation over the period of their, they're going to be retired, or the effect of inflation, I should say. But what's going to change? How is CDC going to make them wake up and understand well, I that think, inflation can erode their pension? I think, I think you have to put CDC in context. It, it's a pretty good answer, I would maintain, for a, what a lot of people want. Not everybody. Uh, and we're never saying that CDC should be exclusive and mandatory or any of those phrases that are thrown around. It's a good option for a lot of people, a sensible default. Not to say that high net worth individuals wouldn't want to talk to an advisor and do all sorts of things or other individuals might want a, uh, an impaired life annuity or, or whatever. There will be certain individuals for whom alternatives are, are better and more appropriate. But, but, but when we look at index linked annuities, I mean, I'm talking, I think it was five or six percent of people chose index linked annuities. I mean, yeah. it's not even a... A minority sport. But why do we believe in relation to DB schemes it was necessary to mandate indexation? Because we felt that was right and that was what people need. If, if you look at what pensioners spend their money on, I think we'd probably agree that inflation proofing is sensible if they're relying on that. And I think that's what where, where the CDC debate moves on. If people are relying on CDC annuities to generate an income that they're going to live on, they probably would look towards something that's got inflation protection in there. I think that's an important distinction from where we're coming from as of today. With pension freedoms today, still very early days, uh, they're much more likely to want to do more um, more complex things. But, but one of my points is the range of options that people have to consider under the freedom and choice agenda is huge. 
actually, do I want to buy an annuity? Which of the types of annuities do I want? Do I want a level or an index? Do I want a joint life, single life? Do I want impaired life? Or do I want to do drawdown? Do I want to draw all my money down now? Do I want to take it in three years, five years? Or do I want to do... You know, that, this is complicated stuff you're asking people to do. And what a lot of individuals would value is a simple default that just says, tell you what, when you get to retirement, this will start to pay you an income for life while you're drawing your pension. I think we're still at this central philosophical point about are we trying to design something that we think they should want or what they actually want? And, and you hit on it with the, the, the issue of DB. In a DB scheme, your pension is indexed. Take it or leave it. It's, that's how it works. But we're seeing increasingly increasing numbers of people saying, that's not what I want. I will, I'll take a transfer value. And there are 101 different reasons why people take transfers. But a one-size-fits-all solution like a DB scheme is doesn't fit an awful lot of people, an increasing number of people. They're saying, that's not how I want my annuity to be structured or my income to be structured. So I, I, I'm inherently nervous about saying, this will work, this will produce more. I'm extremely nervous about telling people it will produce 30% more. Um, if it looks too good to be true, then I'm, you, know, you can complete that phrase yourself. But if we, if we tell people that they, they need this, they want this, but actually they feel they want something else, Aren't we sort of betraying their trust in pensions? Aren't we again misleading them? And Absolutely not. They don't I'm, want? I'm not suggesting this is mandatory. I'm just suggesting that a CDC annuity would be a really valuable addition to the freedom and choice, partly because of the confusion that freedom and choice offers people. People want freedom not to choose, not to have to choose between the 28 options that they've got on how they can spend their retirement savings. Isn't, they isn't, just want something relatively simple that gives them a sensible wage in their retirement. And isn't what they're doing at the moment in that scenario probably taking it as cash? At the moment they are, but there again they're doing that against the background that the majority of them would still have a DB pension built up. So I'm not sure the immediate uh, actions are going to be indicative of long-term reliable outcomes for members. I'm just, if I look at how people accumulate large sums of money outside pensions, people who come into inheritances pretty much never buy annuities with that money. Absolutely. They, 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 draw, they, they treat it in a way that you to, would do a drawdown. Not everybody is lucky enough to have an, an, no, an but inheritance. In, but an increasing number of people <coughs> have parents who live, leave property. By definition, that's going to be a material sum of money. M whilst they might want a reliable source of income for the rest of their life from a lump sum of money, the vast majority of them don't buy an annuity. And that's not just to do with annuity rates. Well, gentlemen, thank you very much. I mean, that's all we've got time for. I mean, first of all, closing thoughts from you, Kevin. We spent, uh, spent most of the time talking about annuities. Uh, the, the immediate <laughs> implementation of CDC is going to be around a, a scheme which has some of the look and feel of a conventional DB scheme around it. And I think we'll see CDC coming in on that progressive phase basis. The first phase will be to get... Uh, a CDC scheme, uh, the Royal Mail one specifically, something that looks like that over the line. But in doing so, we open up the possibility for further variations on the CDC theme. And Will? I'm, I'm afraid I'm still a bit stuck on you know, the proposition of it's a bit like an inexplicable annuity, but it might go down. It doesn't sound like a desperately winning proposition to me, if I'm entirely honest. So I'm nervous about how we can help members understand what is going to be a pretty complex back black box and still feel trusting in pensions well thank you kevin and thank you will and for more information on cdc please visit www.pensions-expert.com 
Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.